3: Ken City, this is Brad Keller, and this is the home of the Royals, 610 Sports
1: Radio. Welcome back to the Chiefs draft special. Jay Binkley, Carson Ocero, Dusty Likens out of Neighborhood Stadium. Sam Howe, there we talk about the quarterback. The quarterback of Washington or, uh, goes to the Washington Commanders. The Chiefs' pick is in because here's how the trade went. Seattle traded 145 there in the fifth round to the Kansas City Chiefs, and they get pick 158 and 233. So the Chiefs able to get rid of a seventh-round pick. He's flip-flopped in the fifth round. And now they uh, got rid of a seventh round picks. So now they're down to 10 picks. So the Chiefs move up in the draft with the Seattle Seahawks. The pick is in at 145. We'll find out who they get. But it's got to be somebody's running the radar. Maybe it's Tariq Woolen. I don't know. Maybe because he's not taken. Maybe eh, I doubt they'd go
4: corner again. It has to be someone who was like an incredible athlete that just fell. And they just can't believe he fell that far. Like that, that has to be it. I could see it being a receiver, or even a running back. Is, has Algier been taken? No. Yeah. So it might. It could be end up. It could end up being someone like him. So KC, which was going to have uh, pick Sam Howell, finally came off the board at one forty
5: four. He finally came
4: there off the board at one forty four. There you go. So he, his nightmare. His nightmare draft weekend has ended. So there you go,
1: Darian Kennard. Goes to the Kansas City Chiefs. He's an offensive tackle with Kentucky, 6'5", 332 pounds. Ran a 40-yard 40, 40 dash and 5.32. Not that you care about that. But Darian Kennard, University of Kentucky. Oh, there's
4: there's our backup tackle pick right there. Yeah, huge. Oh, man, he is a, yeah,
1: he's a big 6'5", boy. 6'5", 338 pounds. Yeah, so. he is a big boy. So the Chiefs go corner. And now offensive line. You have to wonder when they're going to go offensive line. And this is a pick that they wanted to get. Darian Canard, uh, Like I said, big dude. He's uh, 6'5", 322.
4: 35 inch arms, which is good. The Chiefs generally like going to be like 33. So... Yeah, no, he he fits the oh, physical profile. Oh yeah, it's definitely tackle learned. arms. When yeah, you get there. they yeah he he's the kind of guy that they value at tackle. So this is I think this is kind of like their Luke Niang pick from a couple years ago. I think this is that a similar move to that. Well, let's let's go get a guy who fits what we like, and maybe at some point he could be a starter if we need him to be. He was the right tackle in college with the right
1: guard projection. Kennard passes, uh, possesses a frame that's very girthy but well proportioned. This is from Lane Zerline, NFL.com. Uh, he was pre, he projected him in around three. Yeah. Like so He this projected is a, him in around three. So
4: this is another one of those getting a guy who whose value was higher than what he was picked at.
1: Let me see if he's on the... Apparently
4: uh, his aunt is the first cousin of uh, Dolly Parton. Huh? Yeah. It says here on his profile. His aunt is a first cousin of country music legend Dolly Parton. Kennard's first cousin. Yeah, his, his aunt is the first cousin. It's probably like an aunt by marriage okay. type situation, but still. Do you know what his pro football focus grade was?
1: What was that? 79. What? Whoa. Wow. 79. Darian Kennard and uh, the bio and him on the pro football focus list. Kennard is one of the most accomplished run blockers of the tackle position in college football. Even though he may end up a guard, he earned an 89-plus run-blocking grade over the past three seasons. So, again, this is someone that's done it. And I just want here, flash of the pay and the one that keeps doing things the last couple of years. So, Darian Kennard. So, right now, I'm in the 250-person big board of pro football focus. Number 10, Karloftis. 11, McDuffie. 22, Skymore. 36, Leo Chanel. 71, Brian Cook. Uh, Josh Williams, the cornerback, 117. Darian Kennard, 79. That's six players out of the seven that are top 100.
4: Yeah. This is, and and generally when the Chiefs trade up, it's because, like in the case of Mahomes, it was a player that they, they had to get. They valued him, they loved him, and they had to get. But this year, just like with Trent McDuffie, it was a player they didn't think would make it as far as they did. And so they were like, hey, let's go get him because someone else is going to figure out that this person's really good. So I, I feel like this this is, a, this is a really good depth pick for them. And just like with Joshua Williams in the last round, this could be a move where if we develop him, he can turn into a good starter for the team and maybe end up being a real steal later on if he becomes you know, good enough to a point where he's a big asset for us. So I actually like this pick. This to me is, is kind of similar to, to Lucas Niang from a couple years ago.
1: And Darian Kennard uh, from the CBS seven-round mock draft uh, from Ryan Wilson. He has him going to the second round. Wow. Like he picked him to the second round.
4: Yeah, that shows you why they traded up to the top of the fifth to go get him. And so now the Chiefs are, are done with picks until the three that they have now in the seventh. And maybe they trade up again to try to go get another player that falls. But I I really do like this pick a lot. I thought that there was a chance that they could go offensive line here on the third day just for some depth. Uh, This, to me, is very much in line with what the Chiefs like to do with their line spots. Get someone that could play inside-outside. And I, I certainly expect him to be one of the guys in line to be a backup for Lucas Niang. Should something happen there? Because they they certainly like, he's like a Andrew Wiley type. Play inside, outside, I like him.
1: And uh, Lance Zerline, NFL.com, on the official NFL page, they put him as a round three selection. That was a
4: lot of value they found there.
1: Again, it seems like it's value for the Chiefs. It's like, okay, who's not taking, um, who, who Who's not taking? Who are not getting? And let's trade him and get him. It sounds like whenever the Chiefs are willing to trade up to get somebody, that's because they're like, holy crap, he's still there. What do we do?
4: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's exactly what their what their mindset is when they trade up. And it's like like some people like, oh, they're you know, they're being really aggressive. I don't even think this is a situation where they're being like really aggressive. Same thing with like the McDuffie move. I believe it's a player they didn't think they were going to be able to get. And then when they saw him within a range that they felt comfortable moving up into, that's when they went out and do it. Cause like they didn't trade too much to go get McDuffie. And this is like a nothing trade to go get a a line. uh, I mean, a, a lineman in the fifth round. And if he turns into a starter, which a lot of people who have done a lot of scouting on him, think he can be a starting tackle in this league or guard that all of a sudden just becomes infinitely more valuable for a team like the chiefs who are going to have to go out and find guys at a, at a very low price. This is a really good move for the chiefs because if he turns into a starter, you didn't spend very much to get him. You you traded a fifth and a seventh for him. So that's, I, I really like this move. And Matt Miller, uh, of
1: course, from ESPN, uh, the draft analyst, he looks at him as a possible right tackle. I mean, that's where he played. And they want to move him possibly to right guard, their job's taken. Trey Smith's not going anywhere. Yeah,
4: I, I mean I could see him playing left guard too if they need him to be. But I think I think this is primarily for the right tackle spot. I think this is he's got the length for it. That that was the important thing to me when I looked at his draft prof, profile. Those those uh 35-inch arms, that's that was really important. Because the Chiefs do value that. It's one of the reasons why they didn't take a tackle in the first round last year. They just went out and traded for Orlando Brown Jr. I really do think they, they value size it on the outside like that. And getting a guy who has the length that they really like, I, I think, was very, very important for them.
1: And they made their own choice, too, because there was tackles at the end, like Liam Meishenberg, Sam Cosme. Yeah. You know, Alex Leatherwood, that was a tackle that got moved the guard.
4: But they were either
1: moved the right tackle or at right guard. None of those guys like, had good stay years left either.
4: Leatherwood was terrible at guard. Uh, Eisenberg wasn't very good. Cosme wasn't very good. I remember watching Cosme in that game against the Giants on, I think it was Monday Night Football a few, uh, back in, like, November, October, November. And he was getting worked by the Giants' D-line. So I, I think the Chiefs made the right move there going out and, and trading for Orlando Brown Jr., and I think the strategy here could help pay off here with Kennard and and Luke Niang. They, I, I think they've got a good hold on on their offensive line now.
1: Yeah, and the Jaron Christian thing in there too. Andrew Wiley's here. I mean, you just move guys up and down. They seem to be solid. This is about depth at this point. This is 100% about depth. You can't say All right, anybody drafted right now is a starter for your team. Now, running back, you don't know. Ronald Jones is here. Obviously, hopefully he's worked on his pass-blocking skills. Ronald Jones is here. Clyde Edwards-Alaire here. Derek Gore, undrafted guy. Shows a lot of – to me, he's got burst. Like, when I watch him, he's got as much burst as anybody else. Talking about Gore? Yeah, Derek yeah, Gore. He's yes. got that burst. He's He's got that – he's hard to bring down in the open field to get him there. He's going to make some moves. Don't put it past the running back coming in here. Whether no. he's on the practice squad, whether he pushes Derek Gore – Ronald Jones' contract is not screaming, you know, long-term viability. It's very inexpensive if the Chiefs get out
4: of it, even in year one. We talked about this like a month ago, right after they made that signing. His pass blocking is going to be a problem if he doesn't improve on it. We understand how important pass blocking is, pass protection is for Andy Reid from his running backs. Very, very important. If his pass protection is not good in training camp, he will get cut. Like, it's just plain and simple, especially because he'll have motivated guys right behind him. Derek Gore, that's like, he's like a fan favorite now. I'm sure a lot of people are going to want Derek Gore to get touches anyways, because of what we've seen from him last season. And maybe the Chiefs take a running back in the seventh round, but I could see the Chiefs Doing what Veach kind of hinted at, which is going out and getting uh, a running back via uh, undrafted undrafted free agents. I could very well see the Chiefs going out and getting one of these guys and, you know, like they anticipate that they can get some good production out of him. So I actually think that that maybe they decide to take shots elsewhere in the seventh. Maybe they take another receiver. Maybe they go D line here. Um, you know, maybe they can, uh, maybe take a backup quarterback or something. I could, I mean, they, you know, they have various ways they can go with it, but I think I could, I wouldn't be surprised if they held off on running back and just waited for the undrafted free agents to hit the
1: market. Good stuff. We'll take a time when we come back. Dusty Likens had a chance to catch up with sky Moore, George Carloftus and Trent McDuffie for a few comments by them. We'll have those for you next.
5: You're listening to Bink's NFL Draft Special on 610 Sports Radio. Brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs.
1: And hey, welcome back to Chiefs Draft Special. Brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs. J.B. Inkley, Chris Inocero, Dustman, Dusty Likens at Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah, one of my favorite guys has got drafted. Tyler Algier, the running back at a BYU. I just—you were mocking him to the Chiefs in
4: the fourth round, dude. He's Every a power back. Every single mock draft you did. Andy
1: Reid loves BYU guys, man. Yeah, he loves. Although they he take loves him the, undrafted,
4: and they don't draft many of them. But. They love guys like him more. Power the more power back style can catch passes, not super fast. Great I'm, blocker though. That's the yeah, guy you put back great, there to yeah, protect and he, Mahomes. And he loves the pass pro running backs. That's why he always tends to go for the more the, the more bigger style running backs because he likes those guys to be able to pass block. Yeah, no, it, it, he would have made a good, he would have been a really good fit for the for the Chiefs had they got him. Instead, they uh, opted to go Joshua Williams in the fourth and then traded up to get Darius Kennard
2: at the top of the fifth round.
1: Here's the highlights of round five as we sit now. Sam Howell finally comes off the board to Washington, uh, the first pick of the fifth round, then Darian Kennard, uh, the Outstanding offensive lineman for Kentucky goes to the Kansas City Chiefs. That's the uh, top two picks. And then, uh, of note, um, Cole Turner, the tight end from Nevada, goes number 149 to Washington, followed by Thomas Booker, defensive tackle. Stanford goes number 150 in the fifth round to, uh, to the Houston Texans. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: Hey, right, Tyler Algier, uh, the running back of BYU. Converted linebacker, Chris, so you know he can hit. That's how you know he's big. Tyler Algier goes to Atlanta Falcons. Again, I like the Falcons draft. Like the Falcons, the Ravens, Jets, these teams, I actually think they're doing a good job. The Oklahoma safety, the Lauren Turner yelling goes to the uh, Denver Broncos. That's their pick. Seattle Seahawks pick next as we're flying through the fifth round. So the Chiefs do not have a sixth round. They won't pick again until the seventh round. It's part of the trade deal for the Kansas City Chiefs. They, uh, they got pick 145 this round, but they lost um, pick 182 in the fifth round. Because they flip-flopped. They lost 233 in the seventh round.
4: Tariq Woolen finally comes off the board. Finally. 153 to the Seahawks.
1: So Seahawks, Tariq Woolen. That was a guy. I mean, if you're looking corner, they went Joshua Williams. Tariq Woolen would have been one of those guys. Yes. To get. Dusty Likens at Arrowhead Stadium. Had a chance to catch up with a few of the guys at the the draft uh, fest party. Might as well start with the first pick. Pick number 21 for the Chiefs. Trent McDuffie, cornerback, Washington.
6: Trent McDuffie here. Hey, man, first pick of the draft for the Chiefs. What's that do for you as a, as a kid growing up watching this game, playing this game, and now that's
7: actually a dream come true? Yeah, it's a blessing. I mean, through this whole process, I keep saying, I'm just ready to put that helmet on and play some football. So being able to be a part of a team or organization like this, I'm ready to go.
6: What's the What have you been told about the Kansas City Chiefs in this town, in this area, about what's coming of an excitement?
7: This is a football town and I'm a football player, so it's like going to Disneyland for me. Being a part of a city that just has so much love and so much dedication to the program. It's just great to be a part of.
6: When you're on stage and you see the fans and you got Mitch Holtis pumping you up and yeah. you come out and you're at the stage going they got Doctor Dere in your background, <laughs> like what is where does that rank in lifetime achievements for you?
7: Oh, that's gotta be a top five for me. I mean just coming out here and just feeling the love, you know, you, you can talk about it but Truly feeling it in my bones, like I just can't wait till the lights are on and it's Sundays.
6: What's the one thing you're looking forward to this season? Who do you wanna? Who do you want right now if you had to pick somebody to go up against?
7: Man, all 31 teams. That's I like, right. Don't matter who it is. Um, I just try to strap up, and play my teammates. That's what I'm most excited about is getting to know all the guys in the locker room, creating this brotherhood, so we can go out and win games.
6: Mr. McDuffie, welcome to the city. Appreciate Have a good one, man. So Thanks. Much. Congrats, man. Thank Absolutely.
1: There you go. Trent McDuffie, pick number 21 in the first round for the Kansas City Chiefs. Corner out of Washington. Uh, Dustman had a chance to talk to George Karloftis. This is a guy that really brings the heat. Uh, the edge rusher from Purdue University, selected in the first round. Pick number 30, Dustman with George.
6: George, welcome to the city of Kansas City. What was it like when
8: you got that call that you were going to be a Kansas City Chief? It was incredible. I was I was pumped. I was thrilled, you know, to be part of this this great organization, wedding culture, get after the quarterback, stop the run. This
6: team needed a pass rusher. They got when they got you. How does that make you feel that they were coming after you to do that? It's incredible. It's incredible. I'm I'm here to do that. I'm here to do exactly that. The AMC loaded up on quarterbacks. It's the toughest division when it comes to quarterbacks, right? You're a guy that's going to be hungry, I'm sure. What does today mean seeing all these fans, being an arrowhead, feeling all that vibe, and then getting ready to go out for a season? It's incredible having all the support behind you, you know, uh, can be more exciting. Are you ready to hit somebody right now? Absolutely. That's right, man. Hey, good luck with this season. Congratulations, George. Thanks, man. You bet.
4: Don't hit Dusty. <laughs> He was he was like, Yeah, don't hit me,
1: dude. I was waiting for Dusty to say, well, go ahead and hit me. Like, you wanna, and that way you can say he was hit by George Karloftis. You know what I'm saying? I
4: wouldn't want to do that. I, George Karloftis is six four, what is it like two sixty? Yeah, I'm not I wouldn't want to get hit by that. Man. How about Dusty do the Oklahoma drill? No, no. I mean I would pay to I I would watch it. If they did, score scored at the goal I, line. No, he could, he could Karlochta. never. No, especially because since he lost all that weight. No, he definitely couldn't do that. No, well, how, how about throw a pass to Sky Moore?
1: That would be kind of cool because Dusty had a I don't, chance. I don't
4: know his. I don't know his athletic prowess there,
1: but that'd be fun. We'll see. But uh, Sky Moore was taken with the fifty fourth pick. Remember when the Chiefs turned down from fifty to fifty four with the New England Patriots? Here's the Chiefs' newest wide receiver, Sky Moore, with the Dirty Werewolf.
9: What's it mean to be a Chief? It means everything, man. Just be a part of this great organization. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, great defense, Super Bowls. It
6: means everything. You see what Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill did. Tyreek Hill's no longer a part of this team. You are.
9: What's that mean to you? Uh, You know, it just, I feel like um, other players got to step up. You know, I know there's a strong receiver core here, and we're going to continue their rich tradition of, of winning.
6: What did it feel like to you? Just a moment. Last question. When you got announced that you're going to be a Kansas City Chiefs, you're going to come to the barbecue capital of the world, a team that's been to four straight AFC Championship games, and they got one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. What's that mean to
9: you that night? It meant a lot to me knowing that, like, they, you know, they they had it in their plans to go get me, you know? So I'm going to give them everything I got, and, and we're going we're gonna to see where it goes. Sky, you have a good career, man. Yes, sir. Congrats, sir.
1: And the best thing about Sky was the Buffalo Bills did a lot of work on him, right? Yeah. And not only that. Like, they might have wanted trim McDuffie. They ended up getting Kyrie Elam, but the Chiefs jumped ahead of him. I think they were hoping that, that McDuffie would keep falling. The Chiefs have been playing hammerjack to the Bills. Yeah. Like I, really yeah like, I think so,
4: yeah. The feet just like totally putting him over his knee and spanking him. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. I, expect, when they traded up to get Kyrie Elam, I was thinking, I bet you that they were hoping they were going to get
1: McDuffie. Yeah, there. I mean, I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. I bet you they were hoping that. Brian Cook, the hard hitting safety from the University of Cincinnati was selected by the Kansas City Chiefs in the second round, pick number 62. We'll have his coach on in about an hour, Luke Fickle, at Cincinnati, learned learn more about Brian Cook. But here's Brian Cook uh, when the dust man caught up to him.
6: Brian Cook, man, in the NFL now. College days are over. What's that mean to you?
9: <sighs> it's a new chapter. New chapter. Work my whole life for this. Um, it's a blessing. Thank for people that, you know, my, my support system, I got a home, but... New chapter, new rules, and no, uh, definitely different, uh different Brian Cook. That's an awesome thing to say, man, because you're in a town that
6: I guess is nuts about football. You yeah, already yeah. see this, right? You got a, a play-by-play of Mitch Oltis who set you guys up. When you hear that you're drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs, what's the first thing that you think about when you think about the
9: Kansas City Chiefs? The energy, yeah, you can tell from you know watching on Sundays. They don't they don't do you justice, but watching on Sundays, seeing when you know you guys score, they like pick, uh, picks, things like things like that. This energy you guys have is remarkable. So I think that's one big thing. And energy overwhelms everything. It's just like uh, I'm pretty sure you know kinetic energy and things like that. Yeah, if, if, uh, motion, uh, something that my bad. You're good. Something that goes in motion continues to go in motion to an uh, equal force. So here. I don't equal force to this. So it's going to keep going. It's going to keep going.
6: I will tell you this. Uh, when you play with a guy like Patrick Mahomes, did you watch that Buffalo game when he scored in 13 seconds?
9: I think, Yeah. Oh, is, I, I watched a little bit. I okay. watched too much, yeah. Well, when you see that they could score in 13 seconds, what does that mean for you when you go forward and I, NFL I, I got to be ready at any time. That's right. It's not no, all sit down, break. now. Nah. you can be like, look, defense is up again. I'm like, y'all, on the field. They score. Like, all right, cool, man. So – it's a, it's a good thing. It's a good problem to have, for Sure. Mr. Cook, welcome to the team.
1: Congratulations on the draft, man. Thank you so much, up, man. So There's Brian Cook there for the University of Cincinnati. These dudes love it, man. Just think about the whirlwind. You know, the draft parties they had, you know, they got mom, dad, girlfriend, friends, family. You know, they're at your house, they're chilling, or wherever you have your draft party, you rent it out. Then you're like, oh, I got to go to Kansas City in a private jet. We're gonna be going to draft fest, walk out with a bunch of fans that absolutely love me. Cause when you're showing
4: Draft Fest, no one's gonna boo you.
1: They're gonna no. love you. They're gonna no.
4: tell you how if, if you get booed at Draft Fest after you get drafted by a team, that, that's how you know something something's wrong. Well, there. Jets that's fans something. might. Yeah, they <laughs> would. Jets or Giants fans totally. Or Philly fans too. Look, you
10: suck. Philly fans, you oh, suck. You suck.
4: Like, dude, I ain't even playing for y'all yet. I could see that. But no, here in Kansas City, no, we'll 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 give you time to at least try to prove yourself. You know they're getting well fed.
1: There's oh probably, yeah, especially probably, at Arrowhead. Yeah, they like always five have good barbecue food companies
4: that catered food. Yes, they always have good food. You at know, draft.
1: everybody's telling you how good you are. You've had a full day of that. Got to keep everything in check, though, man. But you know it feels good. You know it feels good to be told. Oh, that's there's Brian uh, Cook. The next guy is Leo Chanel. Now, this mean dude. He bench pressed uh, 34 bench press reps. Run stopping linebacker, eight sacks from the inside linebacker position. This is a hard-nosed guy. I'm curious how Dusty handles the conversation. We'll listen and see if we hear any voice cracks. Because this is an intimidator. Yeah. He's this a is violence. an intimidator. <laughs> like, <laughs> will Dusty get drilled by Leo Chanel? Let I me mean, just say, I don't think Dusty wanted that. But here's Dusty with Leo.
6: Leo, I got to tell you, man, I don't know if I've ever seen somebody set the tone. At a crowd when they ask you what are you going to bring to this team and you said violence
9: and physicality explain that dang right you know that's that's just what I embody every single day that's why I fell in love with football is and that's why I decided to play defense you know running back you don't get as much action like that you can you can chuck people once in a while but linebacker every single play you're running somebody over smashing mouth so that's why I play football I tweeted earlier that you've, you've already
6: sold your part of this city I think you got everybody's attention what does it mean to you being a member of this Chiefs defense that's normally known for its offense but now is like shaping to the competition around the league? Oh it mean,
9: it means so much. Complimentary football is the best thing in the world. Like that's how you're gonna win games. Um you know, excited to you know team up with guys, you know, Nick Bolton, Willie Gay. You know, Willie's already hit me up, so I'm, I'm super excited. What have you heard about Kansas City when it comes to this city? What's the barbecue place you got to go
6: to, or what's what's some grub you got to get when you get back in town?
9: I, I am just learning now. I'm excited to learn more about the culture. Um, you know, so you got you gotta tell me. You guys gotta tell me. Like
6: you gotta go Jackstown. You gotta go Q39. Stuff like that. Those are the best places, man. Again, congratulations. Maybe one day you're in the Ring of Honor, but have a good time this season, man. Thanks Thank, for you the so time. Thank, Thank you so man, much. Thank you, Leo. Thank you.
4: Of course he said Jack stack first. So he, did. yeah. so, said Jack stack so he didn't first. drill dusty. All right. He didn't hit the dirty werewolf. He was, did you hear him when he was like talking about why he loves playing defense? He was, he was slapping his hand. Like you can tell that's an intense person to be around. I can't wait to see him on the field. Violence and physicality. Yeah. He was, you could just hear him slapping his hand. I was like, Oh yeah, that dude's fine. Like
1: who the hell doesn't want to hear that when you're in your car?
4: Yeah. You you're want that guy around. on your team.
1: Hey, we just got a guy that wants to bring violence and physicality. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I guarantee it's all the Chiefs needed at that point. They saw violence and physicality on tape. They're like, we need that on our team. Well, you know, the Royals are wearing the City Connect uniforms tonight. They had the fountains. Oh, yeah. Like, here's one
1: question I never heard being asked. Ever. <laughs> what is your favorite fountain? Now, you can't ask the Ricky's that Ricky's. <laughs> Nobody they in knows that. You but can't they, even
4: ask Kansas City of that. They probably
1: the, wouldn't know. We're the City of Fountains. Do you have a favorite fountain? You've been here your whole life. I have two. That's
4: too. a terrible question. Like,
1: Why is it a terrible question? Because <laughs> you can't name We're very many sit- fountains. Well, I don't know their names. I know where you they're at. You're just
4: like that fountain at that one, cross, and then you just name the cross streets. That's all you could do. Well, what the hell is your favorite fountain? I don't have
1: a favorite fountain. I have a
4: favorite fountain. Whatever that one is across from Crown Center, that's a strong we, one.
1: That is strong. That's a strong he, he can
4: one. can use Kauffman Stadium. Coffin Stadiums are very, are. very strong. Is that one? Are they each individual fountains, or are they, they are. just one big one? I think they're my favorite fountain
1: is up north on uh, North Oak up there, right before Vivian, yes. the Northland Fountain. I think they could actually call it the Northland Fountain. It could be, but it freezes up in the winter. It's very cool. Yeah. Like, you get the water, it still goes, but That's it's natural. frozen up. Yeah. that makes it my favorite fountain. Yeah. <laughs> Well, <laughs> damn it, we're the city of fountains, man. Don't know Get yourself even, nobody fountain. knows any
4: fountains. It's just that fountain at, and then you named the cross street. Nobody knows Jeez, the name
1: of it, the We're going to talk to Dusty Likens one more time here, live from Arrowhead Stadium. I'll ask him what his favorite fountain is next.
5: You're listening to Bink's NFL Draft Special on 610 Sports Radio, brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs.
1: And welcome back to the Chiefs Draft Special. J.B. Inkley, Chris Inocero, Dusty Likens, a.k.a. the Dirty Werewolf. Just played all his interviews. He's talked to every single damn draft pick. That's pretty cool, man. That's pretty cool. Dusty Likens joins us now from the uh, 23-yard line at Arrowhead Stadium because he's made two yards already. What's up, Dustman?
6: Not much, Beakley. It's, uh, it's a little bit of a different scene now. Everything's getting kind of torn down. The... Uh, you know the players are all inside eating their barbecue the the tents are taken down the fans are are out of here and now it's just it's just me and and, and your guys's voice uh here from arrowhead they're so. not
1: waiting for the seventh round man
6: what's going on <laughs> man i mean they got it on the big screen i've been watching and listening to you guys just waiting to see who they pick i know that you're you're anti big hands but they got the biggest hands in the draft this year that, ju- that they just got yeah, more <laughs> that's right man you know what i mean
1: how about this guy darian Kennard, the tackle they just got out of kentucky that's what i'm talking about he said the biggest hands in the Draft ninety three point three career pro football fake focus grade the highest among SEC tackles. I'm serious, man. The accolades from these guys, Dan, they've all got it, man. I mean, like there's always something like highest graded linebacker, like Chanel in some of the areas. The highest, actually, out of two thousand one hundred forty nine linebackers taken since eighty seven, he's got the third best athletic score from that. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's been a.
6: It's been a very good draft. I've I've, I've looked at people's, you know, reactions. I've seen the the takes of, you know, several in the city, and it just kind of sounds like, you know, this is a draft in which this team did their homework, this general manager, this head coach, these guys that put this thing together really went in and found these guys and took them at that value. And, you know, when these guys develop and they fit the personality and the mold of this team in a few years... uh, look back to 2022 man when they drafted all these cats that you know maybe you didn't have on your draft board or maybe you know Mel Kuyper didn't think would be an impact player but it seems like the you know the consensus of it all is that the Chiefs had done very well I've seen already you know the first two days you get your you get your top fives and I know the the Ravens always do well uh and the Chiefs are in the top five when it comes to very well respected and followed people in the in the NFL world that they've done a good job and Pinkley I can tell you talking to all those kids today man they are I mean you could have fooled me they were ready to strap up and get on the field and, and just start
4: playing today so I got a, I got a serious question here yeah. You when you did that interview with George earlier did yeah. you not say his last name at all during that interview because you didn't know how to pronounce his last name no collapse I know how to do it it's just like it's, so here's the here's a here's say it again.
1: Colaptus. It's
6: Karloftus. Karloftus. I have a little bit of an accent. <laughs> so when we do these when we do these interviews, it was like boom, 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 because here was the deal. They had to do Interview, eat, get in a van, go to the airport, and go back home, and then they're coming back to Kansas City. So they were like, "You got two minutes," and then I'm like sitting here I'm like, "Okay, I got to make sure I get this guy's first name right, or I got to make sure I get this guy's last name right." And you're right. I mean, I didn't want to put the dude. Not a, a day. This is his day,
1: Chris. I can't.
6: I can't go up there and be like, "Hey," and he's you know. so
1: big, and he's so big too. You're like, "No." I you can't, know what? though? Let that. me give Dusty a break here because why? Listen to this, George, at this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the head coach, man. That's the dude with the Super Bowl <laughs> ring. That's has guy going in the Hall of Fame. Right. He's
4: gonna, he's just going to call them Greek Freak from now on. They
1: should. That's all he's going to do is call them Greek Freak. You're going to see me butchering some of these names. I mean, it's, <laughs> I, I spend a lot of time on YouTube. Like if there's something that I can yeah, see at the game. I, I always want to listen to their name being pronounced by the announcer. Yeah, I mean it. I'm not gonna be
6: John Travolta at the at the Oscars saying the girl's name who did the, the frozen song and butcher it that bad. But I mean <laughs> I've I've learned my lesson on that regard. But you know, to give you Binkley, I'm going to tell you right now, because I told Chris Nassero off the air, I told him, Binkley, your your favorite player is going to be Leo, man. I'm telling I you, Binkley, yeah, you're going to like love this dude. kid. These, I'm telling you what, man, when he was doing that interview, Chris nailed it. He was pounding his fist into his hand, Hell and there yeah. was there was a vein in the middle of his <laughs> forehead that was just pulsing, and I could tell that he was ready to go out there, line up on the field, put the helmet on, and just stick somebody. I'm just glad he didn't tell me to go out there on the 22-yard line and see if I get a little inch on him because there ain't no way I'd do that. No. No way, man. And, you know, you could just – you really could see the excitement. That – Today was kind of cool, it was, was, you know, a big ball of emotion for a lot of these guys and, you know, you see these fans that are going to be here day one of preseason, game one, whenever they play, they're going to stand in the cold, the rain, whatever it is, the heat, and uh, you got to kind of see these guys that can develop into being superstars in the NFL for the first time, raw emotions uh, on a day like today, and I mean, they got on the stage and the support was there, the draft experience is there, what a great weekend, and there's a lot of guys with some with some solid heads on their shoulder that they took out of this round. And I was really impressed with McDuffie saying he's ready to go after everybody in the AFC. I was hoping he'd give me a Devontae Adams call out. <laughs> I, was, I was baiting on that. And then, you know, there's also the, uh, you know, you had Leo who's ready to just, he seems like a kid in a candy store or maybe like a bull in a china cabinet. Um, and then, you know, I was really impressed with Sky Moore, man. You know, you ask him about Tyreek Hill, and he just says, I'm ready to just go out there and be a part of this system and do it, and i tell you what, that sounds like a guy that you want on your team that's ready to play with the best quarterback in the NFL and just imagine what you can think about yourself. Like, these guys literally three years ago watched this team on the NFL network or watched them on ESPN or, you know, whatever it was, and now they're a part of it, and it's like, You realize what you're now a part of is is one of the best teams.
10: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.
6: in football and you have a chance every year as long as 15 and Big Red are there to play for some meaningful games in the end of the season.
1: Yeah, I think you look at these these draft picks and you think about where Kansas City is. This is the fun team to go play for right. and it hasn't always been like that. And I, I look at a guy like Sky Moore and just talking to his coach earlier is like, can you think of a better place for him to be with Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, you know, even the new guys like Juju Smith Schuster's MVS. Travis Kelsey, think about all that he can learn just by being in here. But I'll tell you this much, Dusty, with this football team, there's no training wheels like the Jets or Lions. You get drafted by the Chiefs, like the Patriots, like the Steelers, they expect you to perform right away.
6: Yeah, we always hear the story, I think, what, every year? Like, somebody asks a question, like, Andy Reid's playbook is pretty massive, you know? Like, how much have you learned or how much of this has you had? This is a very – I don't know how to say I know I know Chris has talked about it before in, in segments that he's done, but this is a very like once you get there, like it's all cool for like two or three days. And then once that door closes, it is business, business, business. And I'm over here being all Leo and stuff with my hands, but I mean when that happens, like as soon as the fun's over, like it's over. Like it is, yeah, draft day, draft weekend, it's all cool. Guess what? Rookie minicamp's right around the corner, NFL schedule release is right there, and then it is Books, pencils, dry erase boards, and let's go out there and hit some butt.
1: You know the the number one thing they need to do, and maybe PR has got to chip in on this mm-hmm. because every all these draft picks are always asked about their favorite barbecue right away. Yeah, maybe PR like 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 they like to tell like you know draft picks and players what questions to expect. Yeah, well that's one of them. Might as well let them try it and sample it because they're going to be asked that I was telling Chris. I'd like to know Dusty, your favorite fountain, because we're the city of fountains. And Piggly, I know nobody, nobody <laughs> knows names of fountains. Nobody I know, know but names you know of we're fountains. It's Stadium streets, fountains, man. Confident. But here's the thing: you'll <laughs> ask any question anywhere, anytime. I'm waiting for you to be the first media member to ask about a damn fountain, Pinkley. You have Don't it. Don't do my, that.
4: Don't waste nobody's time, Piggly, You
6: have it on my word. And on my name, that the next interview I do, I will ask him what your favorite fountain is, and then I'm going to be cussing you out on the phone later because yeah. the guy's <laughs> going to look at me and say, "What the hell is this it going to be
4: like a Yachty or Molina type situation? Oh God. man,
6: <laughs> Oof. I don't know. Hopefully, he doesn't pull me. In yeah, by hopefully, my he doesn't and... pull
4: your credential off. Yeah. Yachty <laughs> needs
1: a bidet after that. Uh, oh. <laughs> the day with Dustin. That, that was... man,
6: that man pulled me into his. I think we touched noses. Did you? He said, stu- he said stupid question, and I was like, "Okay, maybe he's just kidding around." And he no. said, "No, no, that's a stupid question." Question. And I looked at everybody. And I said, "All right, you know that Homer Simpson ship where he goes into the bushes? <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was me out of the visitor locker room." <laughs> in Kaufman Stadium. "I got the hell out of there, man. I can tell you that much." But no, I mean, uh, you know, I don't. I would say more of like, "What's my? What's your favorite fountain drink?" I mean, I don't know what. I, I don't know.
4: <laughs> they usually don't want to drink fountain
1: drinks yeah, now no. that they're in the league. Well, it's got to be yeah. a player that's been here for a while. Like, can't ask yeah. rookies this because I doubt
4: they have a favorite fountain. Particularly, uh, we could here. ask
6: Pat Mahomes. I don't think Patrick Mahomes. Patrick could name
4: a damn fountain
6: here. <laughs> the one they named after me. I don't yeah. know. He yeah, needs, to one. One. needs to buy one. he one to buy
4: one. I
1: Call from Mahomes, Mahomes, Mahomes would say
6: it's like Dereese Fountain or whatever that guy's name is for the Chiefs. <laughs> Dereese Fountain. Yeah, <laughs> that's my favorite fountain. That'll that's fountain. Mahomes' that's favorite fountain. That's a good answer. <laughs> yeah. There's your answer, Big. That's the one you're always going to get. But, uh, yeah, man, what a day here at Arrowhead. You know, obviously, like, very happy to be here and, and be with you guys. But it was it was a good scene, man. I think this town is – Clearly ready for football, and, uh, you know, there's a baseball game tonight, and I wonder if there's going to be more people at this game than there was at the baseball game.
1: Well, here's the fun thing about tonight, Dustman. The City yeah. Connect uniform's on for the Royals. And the drone show. And the drone show. I'm glad to sit in an Apple TV game. Let me tell you that. Like last night? Uh, yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> um,
6: What's but, that about? Like, does Apple, like, love baseball? That they just, like, want no, to the they're Royals? just trying to make money <laughs>
4: off of television. Like, so sports, they chose Royals, Yankees? Yeah, these, yeah, I guess. These, everybody the, the Yankees, that's why. They, everybody they tuned in to it. 12
6: ass-kicking. That's what we got to watch the Royals the it, first time on was, Apple TV. It was
4: probably one of the cheaper Yankees games they could put on TV. Well, I wouldn't so. mind getting one of these jerseys. I think they're pretty cool. But the yeah, fountain I jersey, actually like them. I like
6: Binkley, them. your swag meter would go up 37 points if you got a fountain jersey.
1: Oh, gosh. But here's the thing. I want to see them in... You know, as far as tonight's concerned, I went to yeah. a I went to a Royals game once, Dusty, years ago. Couple just of year, once? just a couple years. No, I've mean, <laughs> on one time. <laughs> I went to one Royals game. I lived my whole life. About five thousand of them. But, yeah, I was gonna say yeah. But um, but it was uh, it was uh, with Fanning, and he had tickets to Missouri and Wichita State, and we went <laughs> to the game, and the fountains weren't on. Oh. Like it was the weirdest damn thing. Like you wouldn't believe how much like ambient sound comes from those fountains and just how relaxing and peaceful and makes you pee but the bottom line is well, that's weird when, what? What? it
4: does what it does the sound of water <laughs> oh, makes me want to pee what
1: I, is, didn't, I didn't know we were taking what a left turn out
4: confession here it's like a, it's like we're in the therapist's office right.
1: here you know i live like i'm on the radio man there's nothing. No, gonna there's say no yeah. nothing like the fountains the ambiance yeah, the look the, makes the, you wanna the, the wanna feeling of pee. urination but the bottom yeah. line is i missed them like well, i missed them well, i was like well they were the city i missed them. much I oh, but I missed them, Dusty.
6: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would have been glad if they didn't have him on an opening day when I walked back there to get a cold Miller Light, I got sprayed with those fountains on opening day. Yeah, if it's coldest, really windy. Yeah. Coldest thing I've ever felt in my life. Yeah, I'm, got I'm him not even by,
4: I got them sprayed by him, too, I when hear I was that working wind in out promotions.
6: I mean, that wind on those fountains, that's the oh, coldest. I mean, I've been broken up with. That's the coldest thing I've ever felt in the last six months.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
6: but, uh, yeah, man, I mean, hey, thanks to you guys for doing what you did today. I know you guys hey, are on to you. until 4 o'clock. Yes. Uh, I'm the last man on the field. I feel like I'm going to get arrested because I keep getting <laughs> looks from these guys that are like, are you still here? And uh, I would honestly like to know how long they let me sit out here. But hey, just it stay is,
4: out there as long
1: hey, as you can, just man. Tell hey, them, staying, just tell them, Dusty, you're staying. You say, say, hey, I'm staying till pick 259,
6: man. Yeah. Hey, man, can you get out of here? Before I do that, I'm going to lay on the 50-yard line uh, like a stanza in that picture with his underwear. Can you give me that shot real quick? No, no, get me out of here. Do, you they, get, they,
4: do they still have the logo down in the, at midfield too? Yeah, the logo is on the middle of the field. It's yeah. a little
6: faint. The chalk lines are obviously a little – uh, a little faded as well, but everything is uh, as is as it was in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, you right got to you got to so. take a
4: you got to take a midfield logo selfie and make it your uh, your. Uh Profile, profile pic on, on twitter yeah. with, the, yeah. with the kc wolf so we have two wolves no i just do it not just do it you Man, know I, like hey i'm midfield what, are, what how y'all doing in life you know you how know? they
6: tell you mascots have a tough job in the summertime yeah today oh, Kelly, Casey. Bad. today Casey wolf was the most comfortable person out here he didn't <laughs> oh. have any
1: wind issue he was nice not cold hey. he was loving it today i've always <laughs> said this wait till saint joe and it's over 100 degrees oh. go by and smell that wolf I, you know, I don't know if I want to that. sounds do like that. a terrible idea. No, dude. seriously, if you ever smelled the wolf? No, I'm not smelling the wolf. i still smelled slugger, and I was two
4: sections away. There was just an east wind, and I didn't need to get any oh, closer that's than
1: that. Man, bad. Man, get you a whiff it was of that sour. wolf. sour. Get yeah, you a whiff, whiff of that wolf, and you'll be like. But here's the <laughs> thing, Dusty. Beakley, that ought
6: to be your new segment with me.
1: A whiff of the wolf. A whiff of the wolf. A whiff of yeah. the wolf.
6: Yeah. How many thing. times I strike out an interview.
1: But do me this <laughs> favor, Dusty. Whatever watering hole you sit at tonight or whatever drinking your fine whiskey, you got a chance to talked to all the draft picks so far and that's that's pretty damn cool that's uh relatively maybe two people in this town already that's done that, you and Mitch, so that's yep. pretty cool. Well, it's pretty cool
6: that we got the high school show back together today on a Saturday of all days. Too. Yeah, well, that's so right, we're we just missing you know,
1: <laughs> I, I wouldn't have
6: been here if it wasn't for that to start with, so, you know, it is what it is, and I thank you guys for letting me chime in and send those interviews. I know, uh, you know, it's tough work to be a producer and, and co-host and get all that information at once, but, you know, it's, uh, yeah, great day. I definitely will have a cold one tonight, probably have a little... Buffalo Trace, or maybe you know, today was a little special, Beak. We might pour a little two ounce pour of Blanton's
1: tonight. Oh, this uh, has got to be a special. You Again, know, you talked to the draft picks, man.
6: I, and I didn't get punched, and I thought I was gonna get punched, or I thought I was gonna yeah, get, you know, like Leo. a little bit more intimidating stuff. So,
4: yeah, Leo, Leo you know, sounded scary.
6: He was, <laughs> man. He's gonna bring it. He's gonna, tell you,
4: he's gonna, he's gonna be the new fan favorite backup guy, like like Dan Sorensen yeah. was, where it's like he's gonna make that one play in a big game, like he's gonna he's gonna blitz against the. Mm-hmm. In the playoffs, and he's gonna he's gonna get a big sack against against Josh Allen, no. and all of a sudden he's the new favorite backup player, and everyone loves him. Somebody's he's gonna get that.
6: Somebody's gonna run a jet sweeper, a reverse, and he's gonna get lucky as a rookie yeah. and meet him on the corner and literally light him up like him. a Christmas tree, and you're gonna hear everybody go, oh, especially if he rocks like a single digit number. Yeah, like if I could have gotten a little bit longer with the guys, you know that uh, Sky's rocking twenty four. But I wanted to see, like, if they're going to – because there's something about a linebacker wearing, like, the number nine that just makes your skill set that much better. And if he, <laughs> if he comes out there and does that, man, I'm telling you, violence and physicality were his two words that he described to this entire crowd today on a stage, and they lost it. They absolutely
4: it's lost it. Like a wrestling it. promo. Is, is, is Leo's <laughs> wearing 56, isn't he? I think so. I think he's, he's wearing DJ's number. Yeah.
6: Yeah. Would have been nice to see Sky Moore wear ten, but you know it is what it is.
4: Yeah, it is. I, I like the I like the running back number. Yeah, I two
6: like four. It. He's a slot yeah, guy. It I look, like it. I'm it so
1: glad cool. the NFL changed these numbers. Let them wear whatever they want. Yeah, me
4: too.
6: It's also crazy how the NFL just never ends. It's also like we have a not stopped effect. NFL. No.
4: No, it just goes on twenty four seven now. We're
6: just we're we're already we're ready for rookie minicamp. I didn't even know that until I was talking to some Chiefs PR people, who were great today, by the way. Uh, so shout out to them. Shout out to you guys, and uh, thanks for letting me be a part of your program today, Binkley.
1: Yeah, Leo's gonna have those uh, ooh ah moment, firework moments at training oh. camps. You're gonna hear. Oh it. god, ooh. yeah. Ah, what he yeah. leaves that hit!
6: Are you ready for the camp comps already to start? Like, really fast, <laughs> explosive. Comes off the ball. It's like he's wearing shorts. Let's yeah. let's let's put some pads on this kid and watch him light somebody I, I up. I can't
1: wait till I find a seventh round pick and uh, bloviate about him and Fesco in the morning because I always fall in love with sixth and seventh round picks. You always yeah, do. Man. Well, hey man, I like the know? underdogs, man. You do, Trey, you... Trey Smith, man. Yeah, yes. It, but we both did this. Matter of fact. You were with me, right, when Mitch Holtis sounded? Yeah, so we talked down- about us- earlier. And said he thought he'd be starter day one, right? Yeah. That, that Mitch dropped that on us. He thinks he's already starter. Like, Mitch dropped that, and that was cor- 100% correct.
6: Mitch dropped three bombs on us in that interview. He said he's a day one starter. He said his player comp was Will Shields. And then he said that if he's the guy that he thinks he is, he's businessman off the field, on the field, wants to rip your face off. Love it. I mean, what else do you need in alignment lineman right there? Those are like the three greatest things. You're going to protect your quarterback, be smart, and then when he plays against the competition, he's going to break your face.
1: Wait till some camp battles because the guard, I mean, inside linebackers always have to deal with guards. Imagine when two guys that want to punch you and hurt you, Trey Smith and Leo Chanel, battle it out training camp. That could be fun.
6: What's the Mike Tyson quote? Everybody's tough until they get hit in the mouth.
1: Yep. yep. Everyone's well, got a plan until they get hit. <laughs> yeah, That's in right. The mouth. Yeah. That, yeah. D- that dude on the plane that Tyson punched found that out.
6: And also Tyson <laughs> with a great quote after that. Social media has ruined us. He said. Everybody thinks they're going to get away with it, and then yeah. somebody sticks up to him. And it's like of all the people that you decide to be a social media superstar, you chose Mike Tyson. I'm not the choosing Mike Tyson one. when he's 90. That's I'm never it. going after Mike, uh-uh. ever. You saw what Will Smith did. He went towards Chris Rock. It was a good play. He, he, knew, he, could dom- he knew he could dominate yeah. Chris Rock. He <laughs> laughed at the joke, and then he saw <laughs> Jada's face, and he said, okay, I got to do something. I can handle this. I'll tell you what, if it was Dwayne Johnson up there, I bet Will would have been like, sorry, Jada. At some point, he's going to, like, push his walker away and just smack somebody. At some point, Tyson's going to be known as the oldest man to knock somebody out. <laughs> he's going to he's going to
4: he's going to be in a wheelchair. He's going to do a ride by real quick and just yeah. ride by real fast and just slap yeah. someone
6: and still hit you like the force of a knock dunk by out. LeBron. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah I'm that- excited about this. It's been a fun day. Yeah, really appreciate your coverage out there at Arrowhead Stadium. And uh, anytime, get we'll- to somewhere warm now. Yeah. Oh,
6: yeah, I got the car. I got the automatic start, so I'm sure it's going to be in the heat oh, mode. Yeah. So I'll get, get that know. going. And
1: get you that selfie at the cross yeah. the goal line, man. I, I, you know, You're in the stadium, as we'll take a selfie with you across the enough, goal line.
6: I've already got enough videos on the Snapchat right. and Instagram, so all all right. I think I, think I'm, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> I don't right. want to be TikToking out here. No, league. you got a
4: TikTok out there, dude. Yeah, do a like, hey, Juju and dance on the hey, Juju logo. Hey,
6: man, let me do it next to Juju. We'll see if we can get another interview question. I'll ask him about a fountain.
4: Yeah, do that. He's not going to know any fountains, but you can Juju might be a fountain guy. He you is not know. a fountain guy. He doesn't doesn't play me off as a fountain he guy. I'm not because yeah. I, I don't know if there's the very many fountain guys here in Kansas City. I bet he'd tick tock in a fountain. I mean yeah, I would, he probably would. Yeah.
6: And then <laughs> he'd be a fountain guy. Yeah,
4: but he wouldn't know the name of that fountain. <laughs> he
6: might choose. No, he
4: wouldn't. <laughs> Juju doesn't have a precedent of being a fountain. Juju guy. Smith Fountain. Come on.
9: Ugh,
6: that's funny.
1: Dustman, enjoy yeah. your weekend. Enjoy some fighting whiskey tonight after talking all those draft picks. You've earned it.
6: Hey, you guys take care. Thanks for having me on and uh, get out of there safe and have a good weekend for you guys too.
1: All right, man. See you later, Dusty. See you later, Dusty. Later, later. What what a fun time he had out there at Arrowhead State. Sounds like a lot of people had fun out there. If I'm him, though, I'm chaining myself to the goalpost till pick 259. You know, like, I ain't leaving. I ain't leaving until they make that final selection. I
4: I would totally stay out there on the field. I I tell you, I would absolutely have one (laughs) of the security guards out there take a picture of me at at midfield on the logo, and that would be my gloat. Like, hey, I got a pretty damn cool job. You know, that's what I would do.
1: Uh, Some more picks have been coming through here. Um, DeMarco Jackson, Appalachian State, inside linebacker, goes at 161 to the Saints. Montrell, Washington, the wide receiver out of uh, Sanford, Not Stanford. Sanford goes to the Denver Broncos. Kyle Phillips, wide receiver UCLA, goes to the uh, Titans. Uh, Kareem Williams, Notre Dame running back, goes to the Rams. And Ezi go from the Minnesota Vikings defensive end goes at 165. The Bengals on the clock. Again, rounds three through six, five minutes to pick. We get to seven. Four minutes, fast and furious. And by the way, Chris... It's where the cards are turned. Out. I've never seen a card turned in faster than the Lions did with Aiden Hodges. Yeah, they do. I mean, dude, they dude they sprinted up They're there. They're like get their, what? Their home state guy. They didn't think they had a chance at him early on. When that started trending toward Travon Walker, they probably had the card
4: ready well before. Dude, I've they never seen it. They had Aiden's name on that card. They were like, hey, just here, here you go. Like just they turned it in right after the right after the Jags had, had uh, Trayvon Walker. I mean, that first there. round was going so fast. The first ten yeah. picks or so any trades or anything, then boom. I just don't want to It was that's actually why it was so entertaining because I, I remember when they were it was like pick six. I'm like we're like barely even half an hour into this thing we're already halfway we're already past the halfway point of the top ten. Like usually you remember back in the day when it was 15 minutes around they would take forever with the first round. The first round would be like five hour five hours long, and now they are not playing like they just went fast and furious. All these guys knew who they were going to get. The Texans like, yeah, let's get Derek. The, the jets were like, Oh sauce is right there for Let's go take him. Like <laughs> it was very surprising that they were in, that all these teams just knew immediately who they were going to get. The draft rolls on. once again, the chiefs
1: will pick in the fifth round. We'll have that for you. Sixth uh, round. That will take a little bit of break. Uh, Chris and I'll talk to Luke fickle, the head coach, of Brian cook coming up at two we'll 30 do all that next.
5: You're listening to Bink's NFL Draft Special on 610 Sports Radio. Brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs.
1: And welcome back to Chiefs Draft Special. Jay Binkley, Chris Inocero. uh Dusty Likens has been out at uh, Arrowhead Stadium for us today at the uh, Draft Fest 2022, but the show brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs. Draft Day 2022, it's kind of winding down. Chiefs have four picks left, one in the fifth, and three in the seventh. And I like the seventh round picks, Chris, because I maybe one a few in the world, but Mike Catapano, was <laughs> one of those guys. You are a fan of that guy. He made the team, right? He did.
4: He did make the team. Nick you Allegretti were, were started in the Super Bowl being a seventh round pick. He wasn't. I mean, let's like, look, look, look. Allegretti started in one of the worst performances we've seen Mahomes have because of that offensive Still line. Still a so. starter in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I wouldn't brag about that. It was not a good performance by that. Old still
1: old boy. a starter in thine Super Bowl.
4: Would you start him in the Super Bowl now? No. If, if you if you had a choice? No, no because exactly. that's how far they've come up. Exactly. That's, that's what I'm saying. But they still
1: made the Super that's Bowl what with I'm that saying. line. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like think about it. They still made the Super Bowl with that line, which yeah, is insane. Yeah, but they they it, well, it all the went The Bengals line was bad too, and look what
4: happened. Yeah, but still, I wouldn't. no, nah, I wouldn't brag about Allegretti on the starting line for the Super Bowl
1: seventh round picks uh Danon Hughes wants a seventh round pick yeah
4: he had yeah he, he had time in the league he stayed with the chiefs for a few years so yeah Danon and Hughes my favorite seventh seventh round
1: pick yes um here's the seventh round picks of the Kansas City Chiefs since 2010 uh Peakey's 2020 I wanted him
4: to be good just because of that that nickname I really I was like, come on. I want I want Bo Peak to be really good because I love that. He's I love gone. That Nick
1: Allegretti, 2019. He's here still. Deron Brown, wide receiver, 2015. Remember that one? Because somebody's used these years. I don't remember I picks. don't remember him.
4: 2014,
1: didn't have a seventh round. Mike Catapano, defensive end, 2013. Everybody loved him in training camp. You might have to say top three seventh-round picks since 2010. Jerome Long, 2012. Was he
4: D-line?
1: Defensive tackle, yeah. Defensive, yeah, okay, yeah. Junior Hemingway, 2012, he made the team. Yeah, he did. You'd have to put him maybe at number two out of this group at seventh mm-hmm. round picks?
4: I mean, he was on the team for, like, what, a year or two? Yeah. He
1: wasn't, wasn't around very long. Shane Bannon, the running back, back in 2011. Yeah, he didn't, no. As far as seventh-round picks for the Kansas City Chiefs.
4: Yeah, not a great crop. So, yeah, I would, you know, a one, Hemingway two, because they actually made the team. I don't, I don't think Jerome made the team.
1: No. Some of the uh, fifth-round picks um, last season, it was Noah Gray and Cornell Powell. Noah Gray was the guy, of course, that made the roster. Cornell Powell made the practice squad. The year before that, Mike Dana. Mike Dana's been a good fifth-round pick. That's the 2020 uh, fifth-round pick for the Chiefs. 2019, the Chiefs did not have a, a, a fifth-round pick. They did have two six-rounders, and Rashad Fenton and Darwin Thompson, not bad, six-round picks going that direction. And uh, 2018, they did not have a fifth-round pick. Tremont Smith, the wide receiver uh, at a Central Arkansas, was their six-round pick. So was Khalil McKenzie uh, that year, the defensive tackle at uh, Tennessee. Remember, was an offensive tackle. Then move the defensive tackle. Yukimi Legway, the linebacker, remember him? Georgia Southern? Yeah. He was the fifth round pick back in 2017. 2016, <laughs> the fifth round pick was Kevin Hogan, the first fifth round pick. Remember Kevin Hogan? The quarterback at Stanford. <laughs> that was back when ended we up were like. around,
4: started in Cleveland after that. That was back when people were trying to convince themselves that all these late quarterbacks that the Chiefs were bringing in were going to be the successor to Alex Smith, like Aaron Murray or or uh, Tyler Bray. Like you had an uprising of Chiefs fans. are like, oh, Tyler Bray is going to be the next quarterback for the Chiefs. That was the first
1: fifth-round pick. Also, there was Tyreek Hill. That fifth-round pick worked out all right. Yeah, I'd say it worked out fine. Yeah, right? one of the best top two receivers in the league. Yeah, that was 2016. 2015, the first round pick was DJ Alexander. Had a cup of coffee, good special teams player for the. And James O'Shaughnessy, who ended up, uh, you know, been playing in Jacksonville in the fifth round. 2014, Aaron Murray, stand up former quarterbacks. Aaron Murray out of the fifth round pick. Man, in he just,
4: he watched his girlfriend dump him and then start dating Hosmer. Osmer, and now yeah. they're married. And yeah. That's a what he's best known for. Yeah. He's best known for having his girlfriend leave him yeah. and then go get with uh, Eric Hosmer. A girlfriend that moved here to do TV. Moved here to do TV. And then she broke up with him and upgraded to a better athlete.
1: Round five in 2013, Sanders Cummings.
4: 2012. I liked, I liked Sanders. I wanted Sanders to be, because he was like a hybrid safety corner. I wanted him to be a a good backup for like Eric Berry, but yeah, he didn't, he didn't pan out. 2012 round five, Daquan
1: McKenzie. Oh man, the great quarterbacks from fifth round just keep coming. Round five, 2011, Ricky Stanzi. (laughs)
4: <laughs> so we got Stansy Murray and Kevin Hogan. Do, do you, you remember, do you remember in, tr- I remember watching uh training camp that year uh, in training camp and like they were reporting at chief training camp that uh, supposedly uh, Ricky Stansy was impressing everybody at training camp and that he could potentially be the quarterback of the future for the chiefs. I remember hearing that on ESPN doing the training camp reports. And I was like, that's BS. Uh, Like, there's no way he's the quarterback of the future.
1: Also, that same year for Stanzi, Gabe Miller, linebacker out of Iowa. I don't know. Or no, linebacker out of Oregon State. 2010, Kendrick Lewis (laughs) had some runs with the Kansas City. That wasn't a bad one. (laughs) And Cameron Sheffield. Oh,
4: man, it wasn't bad until the the Colts game in the playoffs. And he... Yeah, he had that Colts game in the playoffs. And after that, it's like, you can't, he can't come back. To, it's like Mike Hughes. You can't come back to the city after that one.
1: That 2008 uh, draft class that had the, uh, the boast, the uh, 12 draft uh, selections, Brandon Carr, take it in the fifth round. Then the D2 guy, Grand Valley State. I love Brandon Carr. Carr. I loved Carr. I mean that's a that's a that's a good fifth round pick. Tyreek kill would yeah. be one. He'd probably be two.
4: I loved Brandon. I was so mad when they didn't pay him and he went to the Cowboys. Yeah, I want. I loved Brandon Carr. He was so he was such an underrated corner here in Kansas City. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Boomer
1: Grigsby, 2005, 5th <laughs> round pick. Boomer was a as a was the household uh,
4: favorite. Yeah, Boomer's like, he was like Dan Sorensen before Dan Sorensen.
1: Jared Allen, a fourth round pick back in 2004. So there we go. There's some funny Billy Baber, by the way, back in 2001, and Derek Blaylock. Oh, Dante Hall, by the way, was a fifth round pick.
4: Yeah, he was He was really coming out of AM. Yeah, I was yeah. A big. Fan so Dante Hall was a, Hall was a pick in the fifth round
1: as well. The draft as we sit right now is sitting. At pick number 172, the San Francisco 49ers, the Broncos just selected Luke Wattenberg, a center from Washington. Interesting, they had Lloyd Cushenberry that was on that LSU team with Joe Burrow that's been their center. So they go center again, University of Washington. But we're down to nine picks left in this round. Nine picks. We're still five minutes per pick before we get to – the seventh round, which is when all hell breaks loose for this. We'll come back, tell you exactly where the Chiefs are, and uh, start getting ready to hear from Luke Fickle at 2.30.
5: You're listening to Binks NFL Draft Special on 610 Sports Radio, brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs.
1: And welcome back to our Chiefs Draft Special. Jay Binkley, Chris Unocero with you. We had Dusty Likens at the 25-yard line at Arrowhead Stadium just a little bit ago. Of course, the uh, Chiefs will have another pick here coming up soon, then three picks in the uh, in the final round. The uh, players have met the media as well. Trey McDuffie met the media on Thursday night. And uh, answered the question where he thinks he fits in Spag's defense.
7: Honestly, I look at myself almost like a Tyron Matthews type of guy. Someone who's going to be able to go in and just play a bunch of different positions um, and just help out the team however I can. Um, that's a big thing for me moving forward is just going in there with the mindset of however I can get on the field, however I can help out this team, I'm going to do everything I can to do it. So I know that this organization is has a great defensive mindset, so – Honestly, very excited to be a part of this team.
1: So it's Trim McDuffie, the 21st pick by the Chiefs, the 30th pick, George Karloftis. This was him on fitting in the Spags defense.
8: It's relentless. You know, I get after the quarterback, I stop the run, and I feel like I'm a three down player. I'm an all around player that can do everything and anything that's asked of. You know, so I think I bring that to the table. I feel like I'm very, very consistent, and I feel like the best football. My best football is ahead of me. You know, so I think those are those are kind of the, the attributes of my game that I think the Chiefs were most excited about. You know, I've, I've only been playing football for about six, seven years now. So, so I'm really excited to develop, to be under you know great, great system, have great teammates, great organization. I couldn't have asked to be in a better situation.
1: And here's GM Brett Veach when asked about Trent McDuffie and George Carl office Here's uh, Brett Veach on Trent McDuffie.
8: Trent's a guy that can come in here day one. I mean, he's he's re- wired the right way. Um, extreme, you know, knowledge of the game. Um, three-year player, three-year starter. Um, and it was, a you know, certainly a position that we wanted to address. Here's uh, V John Karloftis. Came on strong at Purdue. Another young guy that has a ton of upside, can play a little inside and outside for Steve, and a uh, relentless motor. Uh, and, again, just a guy like like Trent that's going to come in and, and be ready to contribute on day one.
1: Now you always hear this too. It's almost the big question. How much do you love football? I mean, it's been the big thing now. That's what these teams want to know. How much do you like it? You just doing this and all of a sudden you get your eyes on something else. I can't imagine making pros and not loving football. I mean, how do you get to that point? I mean,
4: some guys are just like naturally but You to love the talented. sport when you get there. Yeah, I get it. But if you want to be great in the NFL, yeah, I agree. Like yeah, it's awesome. You got to love it or you're going to get you're going to get hurt. Yeah. Cuz if you're
1: not there giving 100%, you're going to get hurt. Yeah,
4: you're going to get hurt or you're just going to get passed up by guys who maybe not may not be quite as talented but work much harder than you and learn much better than you do and eventually you end up Watching from the sidelines. There's, there's probably a ton of players who were incredibly physically talented, but didn't quite get the game uh, as much as they should because they didn't put the work in and they got passed up by someone that probably wasn't as talented as they were. So I do think that exists for sure.
1: Here's George Karloff, this on his love for football.
8: I love everything about it. I love the offseason. I like the mental and physical challenge and strain that, you know, the, the chess game. I like every single play is a single challenge, you know, both pre-snap you know after the ball snap during during you know the play you know whether it's executing your assignment making the play doing the right thing having the perfect technique and trying to do that over and over and over again and being perfect you know that 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 challenge drives me you know because you do a sport you know like a, a sport that's repetitive over and over and over again eventually you know you get a pretty good rhythm going and with this you have a you have a different stimulus every single time and, and a different challenge every single play so that's that's what, that's what I love about it, but on, on top of everything else, you love the locker room, right? You love the connection and the bond you make with the teammates and, and everything that comes with that.
1: Guy says all the right things, all the right things. Uh, there was some national love on Trent McDuffie, the first overall pick. Here's Chris Sims on McDuffie.
3: Man, I love Trent McDuffie. I don't know how what, – what's there not to like about Trent McDuffie? You know, again, another guy that I think you can legitimately – I not want to say another guy, like we've talked about these a ton – Where he's different from Marcus Jones is this guy can truly do both, right? I have no questions that this guy can play outside corner too. Really, probably the best, you know, all-around mover in the draft, let alone have the acceleration like Booth, right, to where, and and like Marcus Jones out of Houston, to where I went, whoa, like his ability to break on the ball, close on the ball, receivers running a shallow cross or a crossing route, and his ability to accelerate and get right back in them in an even manner to where now he can make the play. So, I mean, that's life in the NFL. So he's got so much versatility as far as whether you want to work him inside or outside. He's got plenty of strength to play outside. He's a missile, all right? I mean, he's a missile. He's a missile as far as tackling. All right, so for that department, like you don't have any concerns whether you got him a nickel team runs a toss sweep. Don't worry, Trent McDuffie's gonna go in there and throw his body around. You know the acceleration, like I said, it pops out of the out of out of the you know out of breaks out of transition whatever. You know, so that's 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 amazing.
1: So it's Chris Sims on Trent McDuffie. Here's Mel Kiper on Trent McDuffie.
11: Yeah, I'm talking about a complete football player. 5'10 and a half, 193. He's not that big. He ran four 4'. Four, four. Doesn't have real long arms, short arms. But this is a kid. Only had a couple interceptions. So he say, how are his ball skills? I'm not concerned with his ball skills. He made plays on the football. He's a guy who diagnoses things very quickly. Excellent closing speed. A guy that never shies away from contact and run support. Critics, I think we'll look at the ball skills to say, well, it didn't translate to the field. Well, he didn't have any opportunities, and they were able to move him around in coverage, lining him up in a lot of different areas and spots on the field. We talked about the slot corner of Baxton Hill what that means to his versatility coming out of Michigan. McDuffie was solidly right behind those elite corners. we talked about Derek Stingley Jr., Sauce Gardner, and Trent McDuffie. Then there was a drop. He's the last of the highly rated corners. Wasn't in the stratosphere with uh, Gardner and Stingley Jr. He was right off that, but he was much higher than the next corner, which could be an Andrew Booth Jr. Or Kyler Gordon, somebody like that. So this was the last of the corners that figured to go somewhere in the top 15-20 overall.
1: Yeah, and, Kyler, and Kyler Gordon was selected as well. Trim McDuffie and Kyler Gordon, both defensive backs with corners for the University of Washington. We'll take a timeout. We come back. We'll talk to one of the best college coaches in the nation, Bearcats coach Luke Fickle.
5: You're listening to Bink's NFL Draft Special on 610 Sports Radio. Brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs.
1: Welcome back to Chiefs Draft Special. Jay Binkley, Chris Uno Cerro, Kansas City Chiefs. Thursday night, selected Trent McDuffie and George Karloftis in the first round. Sky Moore and Brian Cook in the second round. Leo Schnell, the outstanding linebacker, in the third round. Joshua Williams goes in the fourth round. And uh, Darian Kennard goes in the uh, fifth round for the Kansas City Chiefs. Just a few minutes, we'll talk to the head coach, Brian Cook, of the Cincinnati Bearcats, Luke Fickle, who has six picks at that point. And uh, and now, though, we'll talk to Luke in just a little bit, but uh, Coach Brom, head coach of Purdue, the head coach of George Karloftis, joins us now on the home of the Kansas City Chiefs to talk about George Karloftis. Coach, good morning, or good afternoon. Yes, sir. Good afternoon, guys. Good afternoon to you, too. This guy, uh, George Karloftis, I think Kansas City fans are really excited about him at the Draft Fest today. He, he was in Kansas City uh, for that, and he's got that kind of hard-nosed attitude that I think a lot of this, the, the people in this town will like.
12: Well, without question, I think he's going to fit in perfect uh, with your ball club. Obviously, you have a championship-level team, and uh, George is uh, really a relentless player, uh, gives unbelievable effort, uh, works at it, probably the hardest work I've ever coached, wants to be great, wants to do special things, is a great teammate. Uh, Just never gives up on any play. So I just think, uh, you know, he's uh, been a great player for us since uh, day one. uh, As a three-year starter. Uh, He plays injured. He plays nicked up. uh, And he's going to work extremely hard. He's got that type of personality as well that if you just tell him, hey, George, this isn't good enough, you can do way better. He's going to figure out a way to to get way better and and, and put in the effort and time to do it. So I just think he's uh, excited to be there, excited to be a part of it. And he's very thankful for this opportunity.
4: George was incredibly productive as a true freshman, uh, seven and a half sacks. That's really rare for an edge rusher at the collegiate level. Why do you think he was able to acclimate to that level so quickly?
12: Well, I think his work ethic is number one. You know, really, George has not played a lot of football, came, uh, moved over from Greece, probably maybe his freshman year, might have been his first year playing football. So he still has a lot to learn and, uh, and a lot of areas to grow so when we got him, uh, even though he was highly recruited, uh, he rolled early. Uh, when we first brought him in, we were a little shocked that we thought he'd be a little farther along and more developed right off the bat. So we put him on a plan, and really in four months, he transformed his body like no other player we've ever had. So we knew right then, hey, this guy's going to work at it now. He's going to put in the effort, and he's going to put in the time. And then from day one, um, you know, we put him with our ones in spring practice when he probably was still in high school, and just his motor and uh, his relentlessness uh, and his ability to just kind of compete on every play was, was evident. And uh, because of that, he played very good at a high level his first year. And I think even the first half of the season, he played good. But it wasn't until the latter half where he said, oh, gee, this guy has made great strides and really played at a, a very, very high level the last half of his freshman season. You know,
1: one thing, too, that I really like at the Pro Day at Purdue – you know, it's 23 degrees, I think it was. There he is without the shirt off running. I mean, that's it shows a little bit of toughness right there.
12: Well, that's the type of guy he is. And, uh, you know, he's just a, a very pleasant personality to be around. He's very humble. Um, you know, we've never had anything off the field or anything, anything close to ever happening. Uh, he's not going to be rude to anybody. Uh, and I just think uh, the blue-collar approach – and his ability to go along with it, and his hunger to want to be greater—great great traits that you that you want in somebody uh, who who's very talented.
1: He's one of those guys, and you hear it all the time with football players. You know, first one in, last last one to leave. You know, guys talk about that right away. But he literally seems like that's be who he is.
12: It's exactly who he is, and you know, sometimes you think everybody says that about everybody, and uh, you always try to. Uh, Accentuate the positives, but that actually is who he is. I mean, uh, you know, we we didn't have anybody in the building that worked any harder than him, including quarterbacks. Um, You know, he studied it. uh, He wanted to be great. And he knew he had a little ways to go just because he hadn't played a lot of football. So he just wanted to work at it. And I think, you know, getting to that level, uh, and he's going to be extremely well coached on every little detail of what they want done, he's going to be going against great competition. And in my opinion, he'll probably have way more one-on-one blocks there than he did for us. I mean, he was somebody who was by far our best player and just demanded a lot of attention this past year and always had extra guys blocking him. And even with that, uh, never got frustrated. He, he understood that uh, he may not have the numbers that he had before, but uh, you know he had plenty of pressures. He was in the backfield a lot. He had numerous ways that he affected the plays, and he gave our other guys a chance to at least have a chance to make plays.
4: Talking to Purdue, Purdue Boilermakers head football coach, Jeff Brom, you, you just brought it up about how he was getting a lot of double teams this year and whatnot, and teams were actively trying to prevent him from being a problem in the pass rush. Obviously, once you go to the NFL, tougher competition, uh, you know, Guys are much longer, taller, stronger than they were at the collegiate level. One of the things you kind of hear a knock on him is the fact that he's not quite as long as some of these other edge rushers. Do you think that's something that he's like going to be able to get past without any real issues because of the work ethic and attitude that he has?
12: Well, I think uh, every rookie is going to come across some, some struggles at some point, and he'll have those, uh, but he's going to work through it harder and faster than anybody. The thing I'll say about George is, you know, a lot of these guys, I guess defensive ends that got drafted higher, you know, have that speed element to their game. I think Georgia strength is he's a power rusher who has speed, but he's got unbelievable power. Uh, he had a high broad jump, a high vertical. He's strong in his lower body. He's going to get up underneath guys. He's going to be physical with them. And he has an uncanny ability uh, with that to, to affect the passer. So I just think it's a little bit different. Uh, type of rusher, and maybe the weak side defensive end or the speed rusher he's more of the power rusher uh, with speed elements when he has to and, and and at least some moves along the way uh but he's just going to give you a high motor and uh as you guys know at that position uh yeah. you know that that can be very effective
1: well it's the perfect fit for him because they need somebody this, this division's loaded with quarterbacks like russell wilson and denver justin herbert uh with the chargers the one guy I compare him to, and you got to be careful with comparisons because no one, you know, <laughs> no, you yeah. do because you'd rather be compared to than have a comparison. Max Crosby with the Raiders. Not, that you know, know how much film you've watched of him, but he reminds me a lot of him. Just that relentless motor. You knock him down, they're coming right back up. But you know, as an offensive lineman, you've got a full day's work because he's not going to quit.
12: And and you're exactly right. And I think uh you know, we actually played against Max in college here and he was at a smaller school and actually, you know, he did a great job when we played against him. Uh he definitely you could tell he was the best player on their defense. Uh and I think, you know, George going against the competition we had each and every week, uh, which was a very tough schedule, was our best player. So he just got a lot of attention. He still was effective. Um uh, you know, uh, the interesting thing, I mean, we he had one year, second year, where he had a high ankle sprain, which is you, uh, you guys who cover football, sometimes yeah. that takes three, four, or five weeks. And he came back the next week, and while he shouldn't have played, he taped it up, he went out there, he wasn't near as effective, but he didn't care. That's just kind of how he is. And I know if Coach Reed or uh, Coach Spagg or even Coach Collins say, hey, I need you to do this, you need to suck it up and do this, you're, you're not going to find anyone that's going to blink. Uh, Uh, easier than he he won't, and he'll go out there and and figure out a way to hopefully get it done.
1: Coach, it's been a uh, real pleasure talking to you. I remember watching you back at Louisville as a quarterback and, of course, uh, uh, a long career in the National Football League as well, and you're certainly uh, uh, well on your way as a great head coach in
12: college football. I greatly appreciate your time, sir. Well, it looks like you guys had a great draft and already a great team, and uh, good luck you guys. We'll be following you close now. All right, Coach. Thanks
1: thanks a lot. Have a good weekend. Thank you. There you go, Coach Jeff Brom, right
12: there, the Purdue
4: boy. Oh, I, for, I forgot that was Jeff, the quarterback for Louisville. Oh yeah, man, I mean, he was a stud. <laughs> a <little. laughs> that makes me feel old now because I watched that man when I was in college. Dude, he played with the Chargers. <laughs> he's
1: really good. He's really good at Louisville. He played. He played with Washington, Frisco, Tampa, Denver, Cleveland uh, as a coach. But he's he's a fiery dude, man. Like I don't know if you have see, ever seen him coach. <laughs> but that but that
4: is one guy that yeah, is a serious guy. Yeah, no. I, and and I think that that kind of rubs off on his players cuz Carl Loftis has that same kind of fire. He has that he has that uh that relentless attitude about him and I think that is one of the biggest reasons why the Chiefs were were all about him cuz that was a guy who just kept trying and you could see it on tape when he's getting double teamed uh, this past season at Purdue, like he wasn't giving up guys were going to go out there and they're going to try their best to slow him down. And he still got over 50 pressures just because of that 54 attitude. 54. Yeah. 117 it's a, in a ton school. of pressures for a guy at the collegiate level. Yeah. And to constantly be putting pressure on quarterbacks, even though you're getting double teamed. Like, we've had guys here, like, I, I know that there's been times where people have kind of questioned the effort of, like, Chris Jones when he's getting double teamed. Or Frank when he's getting double teamed. But I, I, I think they really like the idea of having someone like Loftus, who isn't just going to throw his hands up when he gets double team and say, oh, whatever, I'll just, hopefully they don't double me next play. And he makes a play. I, I really enjoy that about him. What's the loop format? I was expecting Luke Fickle or Jeff Braum. Yeah. I was, like, <laughs> I was thinking it too. I was like, I was about to say, hey, coach, Jeff, coach Coach Luke Fickle, and he was like, oh, it's Jeff Braum. I was like, okay. All cool right. God, so
1: I didn't we, think, we've like, had George Carloftus's coach on. We've had uh, Sky Moore's coach on. Waiting for a few more. I've got feelers out there, everybody. It's like bringing on. (laughs) Here's the tale of the tape so far in drafted players, Chris, uh, through five rounds. SEC 48 guys. Big 10 31. Pac-12 18. ACC 13. That's really low. Bringing up the rear.
4: Big 12 with 12. That's really low for the ACC because not all those Clemson guys and Florida State guys. That's really low. 48 from the SEC, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, of course, half of them are Georgia. (laughs) Yes, I'm saying. They had, like, what was it like? I think they had, like, nine players taken in the first three rounds. Would they have, like, five players taken in the first round? Yeah. It was crazy. Like, you had both defensive tackles. You had one of their edge rushers. Um Man, I just, I remember seeing, I was like, wow, like that is surprising that so many of those Georgia guys are going in the first round. And if you did your research, like you knew that they were going to have a really good class this year because a lot of guys were being picked like second round, but they didn't have any first round projections like a year ago. Now they have a, have a bunch of guys going in the first.
1: And what we might do is that we'll take a time out here, Chris, when we come back. Uh, well, maybe wait for Luke Fickle here. Check, check up on the draft as we sit
10: next.
5: You're listening to Bink's NFL Draft Special on 610 Sports Radio.
10: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.